Welcome to The Curriculum, a podcast by Cornerstones Education. Here we discuss all things curriculum, plus leadership issues, teaching tips and much, much more. Good afternoon everybody, um, it's Melanie here and I'm joined by Caroline. This afternoon we thought we'd tackle the thorny issue of curriculum connectivity. It's a tricky aspect of curriculum design. We've been doing a lot of work around it recently and we know a lot of you are thinking about it also. So um, you're invited to join us for our chat this afternoon. So Caroline, let's start by seeing if we can unpick what we mean when we are talking about curriculum connectivity I'm saying my words very carefully here because yeah. it is a bit of a tongue twister it isn't is, it yeah it's a bit of a mouthful so um I'll give you I'll give you what I think yeah. and feel free to chip in so when I think about curriculum connectivity I'm thinking about coherence and what I mean by that is I think of a curriculum as a continuous story or narrative that is developed over time from the point that children enter school, primary school, to the point that they leave primary school. And obviously their journey goes on, but we're in the business Mm. of primary curriculum. And I think about it, as I say, as a narrative over time. Um, How would you sort of see the aspect of curriculum connectivity what would Mm. how do you think of it well I really like that story analogy because obviously there are individual stories in each subject as well but many of them link like I was just reading today about science and history and the understanding of chronology over time and how human life has evolved You, you need to know the story of lots of different subjects together so um I do like that idea I also see it as not just one overarching story but also I see it as quite fluid so you're building upon what children experience and know and I know we're going to talk about that maybe in a a bit more detail but it's um, those are those connections making them clear to children. And And I think what we mean is that we think very carefully about I think it's what going back to what Sean Harford says about knowing the intent of your curriculum Mm. knowing what you want to teach setting out how you're going to teach it so deciding what you want to teach what are the key skills Mm. and the key knowledge that you want children to learn and be able to do and making sure that you map that out in a coherent pathway so that children have the opportunity to be introduced to new skills and knowledge be able to have the time to deepen and develop those, revisit them many times um, and use and apply them in lots of different contexts. And that doesn't just happen, does it? You've got to plan for that. And I think, you know, there's nobody who sets out to create a sort of unconnected curriculum. Mm. But I think maybe in the past, we've not needed to articulate that as much. But now with all the emphasis on curriculum design, curriculum intent, and certainly with the introduction of curriculum into the new inspection framework, Mm. schools are thinking a lot more about how well their curriculum is connected. Yeah, and do you know what? I think it's going to make such a difference in terms of unnecessary repetition yeah and also on the other flip side yeah. of that you've got learning gaps never being addressed yeah you don't so if you don't have that big picture that we're talking about that intent and that clear idea of what you want children to cover and when if it's disconnected then you can get those two things happening and I know from being at school that 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 does happen where children repeat things unnecessarily or yeah. you know just slip through the net 
And and we also need to sort of think about why creating that connectivity is so difficult. It's a whole school job and everybody needs to be involved in that. And, you know, I've had many discussions with senior and curriculum leaders who admit that even after years of attempting to establish the, the perfect curriculum, it still eludes them. And that's because, you know, that there are lots of factors within that. So, you know, government curriculum change, mm-hmm. um, you have staff who are, who are working towards designing a curriculum and then staff leave. Mm-hmm. You, you have different initiatives mm-hmm. that come on at, at different mm-hmm. times. And maybe, you know, we need to go back to the drawing board and think, right, what's the purpose? What's the intent of our curriculum? What exactly is it that we want to teach? And how are we going to map that out across Mm. our school? What do you think sort of happens if you have that kind of disconnected curriculum? Well, those two things I said, I think that's that's a huge issue for, for children if they miss out on being able to revisit and build upon what they know already. But also, I think children, however young, need to be in on the big ideas, you know, on the on the story of what they're learning, why they're learning. And I think if, like you're saying, if a school gets a really clear intent and principles and content in place and they've got a nicely connected curriculum, that I think the teachers then are more confident explaining why why are we doing this today and what oh do you remember this this is like the thing you did in year three this links from that it's it just gives everyone a kind of I don't know I don't know what the word is but like apart from story they it gives them the the basis of knowledge uh, and you know their direction really as a school and the children are in on it and they're and they become more aware of their learning which I know is a big thing in education getting children more aware of how they are learning and why. I also think it's important in terms of you know there's a lot of work being done at the moment on workload particularly Mm. around curriculum and planning and there's a lot of talk about light touch planning just sequencing of lessons rather than having a lot of individual lesson planning and content for that. I think you, you can't really get to that point unless you have a very secure, coherent and well-connected curriculum. Yeah. Because if you have that, then the sh- your shorter term planning can be a much lighter touch because yeah. you've got all of the background mm. structure. You know where children are coming from and you mm. know where they're going mm. to. Shall we talk a little bit about connectivity in, in the Cornerstones curriculum? It's it's interesting that even, you know, having spent... 20 years probably working on curriculum design we've never had to articulate it as clearly as we do now and we've talked about some of the reasons that that is the case when you wrote the cornerstones curriculum what did you what kind of links were you thinking about when you wrote that and what kind of connectivity is there planned in the cornerstones curriculum well I mean, it is hard to articulate, I'll say that, you know, mm. to start with. Um, and, and it's not just, it's not two-dimensional. It, it is, you know, you could say three-dimensional, four-dimensional even. When I started, I started with the, the pedagogy because I wanted to, I needed to think about not only what was being taught, but how it was being taught mm. and, and to have connectivity between the content mm. and the way that it was delivered. So for me, it was thinking about those four cornerstones and and that provides for me the connectivity between the way that the curriculum is delivered right from up to, you know, age three up to, you know, year six. It gives that thread of pedagogy throughout Mm. school. So I think for me, that is probably the first dimension. And I know I started with that. Yeah. And I think it's a good place for any school to start to think about, right, how are we going to deliver this? 
which in a little bit little way goes back to what we were saying about purpose and intent what we're going to do yeah. how we're going to do it and then there are other dimensions so you know thinking about the big ideas that that run through your curriculum and I like to look at those big ideas transcending all subjects uh, and, in, and in Cornerstones for example you know we have you know the natural world mm. um, humanity and interconnectedness we might have the physical world and our projects fall into those big ideas mm. which help develop children's understanding over time of some of those bigger universal themes yeah. Yeah, so actually that, you know, those overarching themes, they, they're they about life, aren't they? They're about what children, how they make sense of the world exactly around them, that. which exactly. is core, isn't it? Exactly that. And so we've got the big ideas and the, yeah, and the pedagogy, which I think that repetition, that's how also how you implement a curriculum, yeah. you know, that's, that's their intent and implementation. Yeah. So let me give you an example of, um, you know, if we take the big idea of humanity, we, we call it humanity and interconnectedness, this idea mm. that humanity exists, you know, has existed over time, that we're all interconnected in some way. And, and maybe an aspect of that is uh, children learning about how societies have um, ruled and the hierarchy of society. If I think about that as that narrative journey that we were talking about, how do we develop that narrative mm. across the curriculum? So in Cornerstones, for example, uh, children are first encounter, you know, the idea of royalty and mm. power and hierarchy in the project will you read me a story and it's about kings and queens and princesses and mm. what it means to rule and to be royal and then in year one children study a project called bright lights big city which introduces them to the current monarchy and mm. the idea of rule and in year two they go on to learn about how that that society was structured in medieval times in towers tunnels and turrets and so on and so on and eventually in year six children are introduced to the complex dynamics of government and war and rule and power mm. and dictatorship through study of World War Two. Mm. So that big idea, although you might not realise that is interconnected, mm. Mm. it very much is and it's very much planned for. And by the end of their primary journey, children will have encountered that big idea in lots of different ways and many times yeah but with build with greater complexity absolutely which is key isn't it yeah so and those are what some people call invisible threads as well aren't yes. they and they and I think there's a quote I can't remember who it's by but it's invisible threads are some of the strongest, the strongest ties ties yeah. so yeah so that's a that's a great way to ensure connectivity is there any other way in which um there are maybe even more explicit connections in the cornerstone yeah. curriculum I mean I think that the aspects of connectivity that we have been very good at articulating and an example of that would be subject to subject links mm. so you are old enough to remember that the old topic webs yes. um that you know were the of thing. the day yes. the thing um you know when you were starting a new project you would map out your main theme and how everything, all mm. the subjects were interconnected. But to be honest, a lot of the time they were quite ropey. And they didn't very tenuous. <laughs> very tenuous, yeah. yeah. And I think we've definitely got better at thinking very carefully yeah. about how subjects can be connected to each other. Authentically. Authentic yeah. is a really good way of describing mm. it. And 
you know that can occur that can occur sorry between literacy and foundation subjects mm. and foundation to foundation subjects so for example i've just been doing some work on um a project looking at uh, the discovery of Tutankhamun's tomb. And in literacy, the children are tasked with creating, I think it's a non-chronological report Mm. about the discovery and everything associated with that. And to help children write a knowledgeable and thoughtful account of that, children are exploring different aspects of it through different subjects so for example in history children are exploring a range of historical artifacts recovered during the discovery Mm. and considering what that tells them about Tutankhamun and his life in art and design children make observational drawings of artifacts and looking at symbols and hieroglyphs in PSHE they're discussing the ethics of opening tombs and sacred burials so Although they are very different skills and knowledge that children are developing, the overall bigger picture and the links between foundation to foundation and foundation to literacy are very strong and very valid. Mm. And they are actually in the curriculum itself, aren't they? They're actually written into it. Yeah, we would call it a series of lessons. So the series of lessons help teachers interconnect that narrative. Mm. And I think that's it. It's it, there's been a lot said, you know, in negative terms about topics, mm. um, and it's a shame because actually, when the stru- when the links are very strong and, like I said, authentic, it is a very very powerful way for children to learn and engage with a with a subject. And the knowledge, I mean, I've I've seen this from talking to schools, is when you say link your reading or your literacy with a, a curriculum subject, the children are sort of having a double whammy of learning they're they're getting better in in both of those subjects at the same time and I think there's there's another type of connectivity in in cornerstones which is the idea of these important concepts so and that's different from big ideas so you've got concepts such as significance in history You, you see that time and time again so it could be significant people Um, It's very important for children to learn about, you know, these significant figures uh, and why they did what they did and also significance maybe in in other ways, you know, significant events that happen and how they shape people's lives. Yeah, I think the, the difference between the big ideas and this is that concepts are very specific to the subject, whereas the big ideas... Go across, are sort of universal yeah. and go across all subjects. So you would know that significance is quite, you know, pertinent to history yeah, or yeah. physical features are pertinent to geography. geography. Yes. So I think that's maybe the distinction. Yeah. And I think because it is subject specific, you've got that great thing of the children really deepening and uh, their understanding of that concept through the subject. So even though you have a, a rich tapestry of different subjects being taught within a project the children are year on year really gaining a deeper understanding of that concept so I suppose an example I can think of with significance in in history through cornerstones is say you might have a, a project in year one called we've got one called memory box and the children learn about significant people in their own family in that project But in a similar way, they may then do moon zoom, which introduces them to astronauts. So they're learning about, you know, the moon landing and Neil Armstrong. And then they come across the royal family and so on and so forth. So in lots and lots of the projects, they 
come across and are introduced in, you know, creative ways to significant people. And then you could compare that, I suppose, with the year six class later on, who are still looking at significance. But, you know, these are quite complex topics, like the Charles Darwin one, Darwin's Delights, where they're looking at the real impact and looking deeper into the impact that these people had. And there's also one in year five about the Tudors and about Henry VIII and why he, you know, why the Reformation mm-hmm. happened yeah. and why he needed to get an heir and all of that. So significance is addressed and there are lots of other different concepts aren't there that we've teased out have you actually made those explicit anywhere it's it's funny isn't it it feels very lax now but but we've never had to make it almost public property before Mm. we've we we've known that we've got the link got got that and that that is there because actually it's very hard to build a curriculum without that Mm. Um, otherwise you're just grasping at straws and how do you know what you've covered and what you haven't Mm. covered I think it's only now that we are articulating very clearly how our curriculum is Mm. constructed. And yet I'm personally doing a lot of work on that at the moment to create materials and resources and information for schools that help them articulate those connections. Because, you know, particularly with the new framework, and we've had lots of schools tell us that during inspection, for example, Mm. they're being asked, you know, how is your curriculum designed? Uh, You know, what what threads are running through it? How do you deliver subject knowledge? Mm. How do you develop concepts in particular Mm. subjects? Another um, key question is how do you you get greater depth in a subject? And, And that for me is the revisiting time and time again, Mm. the developing subtle shades of meaning, Mm. being able to deepen understanding, using and applying. Um, And like we said right at the beginning of the podcast, that just doesn't happen. You you need to plan for that. Yeah, you need to map that in, actually. You need to map that out very carefully. Yeah. I mean, actually, I know we haven't talked about it, but our, our assessment skills framework and our developmental skills, they provide that structure as well for building and deepening knowledge and skills as the children go up through. And that, that's completely matched to this curriculum. So, you know, children are working at different skill levels each year mm. and they build, they develop yeah. and they grow. And that's why I was saying it's not it's not two-dimensional, it's not even three-dimensional, mm. it's multi-dimensional. Yeah. Um, there are so many layers to this. Mm. But we're going to make that clear in, in you know... Yeah, we're, we're doing quite a lot of work at the moment to make sure that's articulated in, in a better way. But also, you know, not just for schools who are using the Cornerstones curriculum, but it's useful for schools who are creating their own curriculum to think about, right, where do we start? What are our big ideas? Mm. What do we want to cover? When do we want to cover it? Um, How are we developing these really key themes and concepts? So it's a very interesting time. There's lots of work um, going on here, but there's also a lot of um, reading to be done. There's a lot, you know, Amanda Spielman, Sean Harford, um, Mary Myatt. There's Mm. a lot lot of information out there and I just look forward to getting stuck into this and being able to you know delve more deeply into curriculum connectivity Mm, me too and I think I know that some of our future podcasts I'd like to revisit this area again maybe we could talk more about knowledge and about that whole concept that Sean Harford said about knowledge being sticky so maybe for a future podcast very soon it's a date (laughs) 
<laughs> we'll be talking about that because yeah. it is it is a massive area yeah. but hopefully you the listener have found this conversation useful giving you food for thought about the whole idea of making sure your, your curriculum's connected I would just say as well that um, our magazine the curriculum that's coming out this month we have written an article on curriculum yes. connectivity yeah. so a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about it's laid out there um, like with a yeah. connected curriculum you probably need to go back and read it several times for it to stick so that's coming out this oh that's month. great yeah so you can download that you can just go to our website yeah. and you'll see the magazine a link to the magazine there and we'll put a link in the yeah. podcast description as well for you and if anybody's got any questions on connectivity curriculum connectivity I think they should be able to post those questions on the bottom of the yeah. podcast or, or blog. Yeah, do do that. It'd be really lovely to, see, to hear what you teachers and senior leaders, uh, whoever's listening to this really thinks about curriculums in general, but also this idea of connecting and making threads and developing subject knowledge uh, across um, across the school. So thank you so much for joining us today. We've really, I've really enjoyed that conversation and I hope you have too. So don't forget to join us next time and subscribe if you have not already to the Curriculum Podcast by Cornerstone Education. Thank you again for listening. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye.